0: the new am 740
1: the world doesn't need another sports show it needs an awesome sports show you're listening to the naz and wally sports hour on zoomer radio good morning naz good morning wally neil the boys are back let's talk sports
2: good morning and welcome to the naz and wally sports hour we are live from liberty village on the new am 740 and if you're listening in downtown toronto you can tune us in on ninety-six point seven FM. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you this fine morning? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Well, we lost uh we lost another icon this week, Naz. Yes, another did. Another, another idol. Uh last Sunday, uh uh we did a Muhammad Ali Tribute Show and uh Uh, Friday, uh, we learned the sad news of the passing of the great, uh, great, great Detroit Red Wing hockey player and also uh, WHA career as well, ending up with the Hartford Whalers. That, of course, was Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey. Certainly a sad day in the hockey world. And uh, the hockey world is passing the, sorry, mourning the passing of a legend, Gordie Howe. Absolute legend for sure. Um, you know, it was uh, – we did a uh, show a few years ago, uh, um, tribute show to, uh, to uh, Jean Beliveau, and, um, and, and just before I, I go any further, I do want to announce it's a really special show. It's a Gordie Howe tribute show, and we've got some phenomenal guests coming up to talk about the life and times of Gordie Howe. It's certainly a, a who's who of Hall of Famers that are going to come on uh, with us this morning to share their stories and celebrate the life of Gordie Howe. Uh, Shortly, we have coming on David Keon. David Keon, of course, Toronto Maple Leaf legend and Hall of Famer. We also have, in the middle of the hour, Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry Neal, who coached Gordie Howe in in, uh, New England. And uh, at the bottom of the hour, we have uh, Hall of Fame coach, uh, legend also, Scotty Bowman. So certainly, uh, power pack lineup today, Nas.
3: Three very high-profile uh, guests, Wally, and they're going to be—they're going to provide a lot of stories for us. Tonight. Yeah,
2: and certainly, I know that you've—you've uh, you've talked to uh, Scotty off the air, and he's—he's uh, uh, he's anxious to, to uh, share his uh, his memories of Gordy Howe. Uh, I've talked to David Keon and to Harry Neal, and uh, man, the respect. I mean, I think that's the, that's the that's the you know you want to sum up, Gordy Howe. Uh, there's, there's a lot of words you use to describe Gordie Howe, uh, but, uh, and you made the comment before the show, um, nobody's got a bad word to say about him. Yeah, no one has a bad
3: word to say about Gordie, and he's loved by all fans, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, the Detroit Red Wing fans, everybody. It's just incredible.
2: And, uh, you know, we talked about Gordie Howe, we talked about Jean Beliveau, I mean, what these, uh, you know, uh, it hits you when they pass away because they, they evoke so many memories, um, you know they're part of, um, you know they're part of our childhood. Uh, you know I, I'm uh, I I mean I'm not old enough to remember Gordie Howe in the early fifties um, or the fifties. My earliest memories of of watching the Detroit Red Wings and the Toronto Maple Leafs probably date from about 1963 when the you know we had the 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 um, the the red wings and the uh toronto maple leafs went uh, went toe to toe and for a couple of stanley cups and uh Leafs came out uh, came out on the on the uh, positive side of that one. If you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, uh, it certainly... seemed
3: like the Leafs came out on top all the time when they played yeah. the Red Wings back then.
2: Back then, and that yeah. was the
3: Bobby Bond goal in uh, in Game of, Six, six yeah.
2: on, on the broken ankle. On the broken uh, ankle in
3: '64, I think it
2: was. Right? It was '64. You're right, Naz. Yeah. Game Six was at the old. Do you remember the old Detroit the Olympia? Yeah, that's right. The old Olympia, of course. Now they uh, they tore. I, I'm sh- pretty sure they tore the Olympia down. Now they played Joe Lewis, but uh, uh, Gordy Howe, um, the word gentleman. Uh, he's described by everyone as a gentleman. Certainly, off the ice, on the ice, a
3: little different story. <laughs> a little but that's different okay. story. Parted with battle, right? I
2: mean, his nickname on the ice was Mister Elbows for good reason. I mean, he, he carried them high, and uh, NHL players certainly uh, didn't like going into the corners with Gordy Howe. But off the ice, um, the consummate gentleman, um, uh, humble. Uh, for being the greatest, certainly he's in every conversation uh, as one of the greatest players in hockey history. He's in every conversation. Um, certainly those who saw him in his prime um, um would, uh, and certainly want to talk to Scotty Bowman about about yeah. that, and Harry Neal, would consider him the best. And, of course, he's always in the conversation with Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr, uh, perhaps Mario Lemieux, um, top four, uh, Maurice Richard sometimes. But Howe is always in that conversation for the best hockey player of all time. I would have loved to have seen the
3: battles between because I'm too young, too, but... I would love to have seen the battles between Richard and Howe. I heard they were great.
2: Oh, the Montreal Canadiens and Detroit uh, Red Wings. And, and, of course, some of those battles, I mean, those were from the uh, late 40s, early 50s. Um, you know, some of them in, you know, in, in the, in the mid-50s. We even got, uh, uh, you know, of course, there was the, the riots in Montreal. I don't think it had anything to do with Richard and, and Howe, but that was the level of passion that existed. I mean, uh, in hockey fans in those days, when Hal, when uh, Richard got suspended and couldn't play in the playoffs, and uh, Montreal ended up losing to the Red Wings in the Stanley Cup final. I think it was fifty-five or something like that. Um, Gordy Howe, respect, um, top one of the top players of all time. Certainly, the argument. I mean, Howe had it all. And we're going to talk to David Keon about this, a teammate and, and an adversary for that matter. Uh, we're going to talk to Harry Neal former coach, and Scotty Bowman. Who, uh, Scotty Bowman was instrumental in, in one of the great Howe stories. And Naz, perhaps you want to share that story with our listeners. We certainly want to talk to Scotty Bowman about that. It was the 1980 All-Star game, which you know you brought that back for me and you reminded me of what a special night that was yeah, I remember, for, Go- for Gordy Howe. Share that with our listeners I again. I
3: remember the uh, standing ovation he got that night. And it was like 10 minutes long. It was absolutely incredible. The Detroit fans were going nuts for Gordie Howe. You've got to remember something. Gordie Howe played in the NHL when he was 52 years old. Can you imagine? A and 17 years old. And 17 <laughs> years old. Can you imagine a guy 52 years old playing in the NHL? In his final year, he scored 15 goals at 52 years old.
2: Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. At that age. But the most incredible, I mean, you know, there's an outpouring, an incredible outpouring of affection. Uh, in Canada and I'm I'm sure in the United States as well but you know he's our native son a small town boy from Saskatchewan That's right you know worked hard grew up in the in the depression um and he's he's that classic small town canadian story that we all love and never forgot is is his humble origins um, uh never forgot um to make time for fans uh and for people um, and certainly, um, I mean, he's, he's a hero. I, I guess that's probably the simplest way to put it. He's a consummate Canadian hero. Um, and um, looking through some of the stories, looking through some of the tweets, looking through some of the Facebook postings, there's one statistic that struck me, and every time I looked at it, I said, that can't be possible. Um, Gordy Howe, and, and, and when they talk about statistics that will never, never, ever be met, like Joe DiMaggio's 56-game streak and Ted Williams hitting 400. Or,
3: and Daryl Siddler's 10
2: points. 10 points, never going to happen again. Gordy Howe finished in the top five in scoring 20 years in a row. Just think about that. Yeah, the The top five in scoring, 20 years. And, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about. It tells you about his skill level. It tells you about his longevity. It tells you about his toughness. To be able to do that for 20 years, um, remarkable. Just absolutely remarkable.
3: He had over 100 points with the New England Whalers of the WHA when he was 50 years old. He was the leading scorer by about 25 points Wow! that year, and he
2: was 50 years old. Can Certainly, you imagine? Uh, a career to celebrate. We are celebrating today the career of Gordie Howe. We are paying tribute to Gordie Howe, the man. You are listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are going to break. When we come back from break— We'll be talking to Toronto Maple Leaf legend, David Keon.
4: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. There's
5: an old saying: entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice.
6: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
7: With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn.
1: From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: Good morning, and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, and this morning we are celebrating the life of Gordie Howe, and to help us uh, celebrate that life and to talk about uh, his remembrances of of Gordie, of course, is um, Toronto Maple Leafs legend David Keon. Good morning, David. How are you, sir? I'm good, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time for us this morning. We, we do sincerely appreciate it. Oh it's my pleasure david uh, of course you uh, you 've heard about the passing of Gordy, and um, we 've talked uh, in fact uh, talked on our show with you about Gordy some time back and there 's one adjective that you use that uh, is sort of uh, sort of something you describe him in a way that i don 't see him described by anybody else, and uh, you you call him you called him a force on the ice, and you use that adjective David. Your recollections of Gordy Howe, and when you describe him as being a force on the ice, what do you mean?
8: Oh, the way he played—he uh, was—he uh, was physical. Uh, he could be very—he crea- was very creative, uh, and he was very athletic. But uh, when you were on the ice playing, and he was on the other team, you always had to be. Aware of where he was, because uh, he could uh, he could hurt you physically, he could hurt you uh, on the scoreboard, so he you know he, he he dominated it when he was on the ice
2: david you were uh, you were a contemporary of of gordy in in certain respects, but he his career obviously started way before yours, and uh, he had become a star in the nhl when you were probably still playing peewee hockey in, in noranda uh in and, and uh, it's probably even before tvs became popular your first recollection uh at all of uh, of seeing gordie Howe play hockey
8: oh i don't think well i'm not sure i don't remember watching him on television and i'm trying to remember when i saw him first it would have been when i was when i was playing junior and it uh i i really don't remember him uh i don't remember seeing him as a junior uh although you know when we first played when I first played against him when I was with the Leafs uh i remember uh quite vivid quite vividly him being on the ice and uh
2: that, that first time you were on the ice with him, David, I mean, you' were, you were a rookie, you were probably all of about 160 pounds. Uh, um, was Gordy was the type of guy who would come over to a rookie and say, "You know what, Rook, keep your, uh, keep your head up? Uh, you're in the NHL now, or was he just uh, just a quiet uh, quiet guy on the ice and you just had to keep your eye out for him? Was he verbal on the ice at all?
8: No, he didn't, uh, he didn't talk. I, I, I remember, oh, I guess maybe it was the second game that we played against, because we played in Detroit the first game, and I really don't remember being on the ice against him, but I think back in the second game we played him, which was in Toronto, uh, he was holding the puck, uh, getting a face-off uh, around the Detroit net, and I kind of pushed him in the back. And he went forward, and then I had my hand up, and the elbow came back and hit me in the hand, and he just turned around and said, "You be careful." He said, "Look out because that elbow comes back awful fast." <laughs> and I said yeah i i'm I'm aware of that.
3: David, it's Naz here. How are you doing?
8: I'm good, Naz. How are you?
3: I'm real good, real good. I want to talk a bit about his son, Mark. He played with both of them, and he's been in a, he was very underrated, even though he made the Hall of Fame, he was an underrated player. Uh, tell me a bit about Mark.
8: No, I don't think he was an underrated player. I think he was, he was a great player. He had great skills. Uh, he, uh, I mean, I, I would say his skills equaled his father's. Uh, he didn't have his father's uh, nastiness, I guess. That's the best <laughs> best way of putting it. Uh, he, you know, he, he could skate, he could shoot, he could handle a puck, he could make plays all at a very high at, at very high speed uh but uh gordy had that um little edge not a little edge it was a big edge to him uh he didn't like uh people getting in his uh circle uh, when he was on the ice and uh, if you did usually you paid a price uh
2: david uh we're talking david keon you uh not only were you uh, an adversary or an opponent of, of Gordie Howe, but uh, you ended up playing together uh, with him as a teammate uh, with, uh, with uh, the Whalers um, a few years. Uh, tell us uh, what it was like to have Gordie Howe on your side and coming back to your bench.
8: Well, we, <laughs> we, uh, when, when they came to Hartford, the first scrimmage we had, I was playing against them, and I said to him. I said, we've been doing this for fifteen years. Nothing has changed here on the other team <laughs> but it, it was uh it was great having him it was great. It was a lot better having him on your team than than playing against him certainly and, uh, i enjoyed i enjoyed his um his enjoyment for the game he He just loved to play the game uh i always i've always said that if he didn't have to practice and travel. Uh, and he could still stand up and skate he would have been out there you know even in his 80s because he just loved playing the game so much Uh, that was uh, I think that that was something that inspired uh, all the guys on our team how much he enjoyed playing it and uh, and making a contribution to the success of a team
2: David, your uh, Toronto Maple Leafs had a great deal of success uh against Detroit uh, certainly in the playoffs in in the early 60s uh some battles against Detroit when uh, when you when the Leafs won the 63 and 64 Cups and uh tell me, did Punch uh did Punch have uh any strategy uh when he was when he was uh, playing against Gord did uh, did you guys do anything different in any of those playoff series uh to try and uh, keep Gordy under 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 check.
8: No, not really. I mean, Frank. I think Frank played against him, and uh, Frank and Red and uh, uh, Ron uh, Ron Stewart. They played against Gordy's line, which was, I think, was uh, Delvecchio, and I'm not sure. Might have been Parker McDonald on left wing. Uh, no, but but what usually happened was that uh, uh, Gordy played pretty long shifts and. Uh, by the time he came off the ice, we'd already had two lines on against his line. So, and and over a period of time, uh, um, you know, that took its toll on on Gordy. Uh, we he, uh, he 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 did take long shifts, and uh, I think after the third game, uh, with the checking being as close as it was, it uh, it wore him down a little bit.
2: We're talking to David Keon. David. Uh... Uh, going back to Gordie Howe and one, one, uh, one statistic I found that I found just incredible for Gordie was he finished top five in scoring in, uh, in 20, 20 years straight. Uh, and it's certainly a stat that I think uh, I can't possibly ever see uh, that repeated. And that, that's a testament, I guess, to his skill level. It's also a testament to his uh, fitness and his toughness. Um, uh, Gordy Howe, as an athlete, uh, did he just work harder than everybody else? Was it just God-given ability? What made some? What made him such a great hockey player?
8: Well, I think it was a combination of both. I mean, he was physically really a powerful man, and he had great skills, and and he worked hard at what he had. And I think that combination of uh, skill and uh, hard work and uh competitiveness you know that was uh, the end result was you got this marvelous uh specimen of a hockey player
2: and uh david uh we've got uh unfortunately we're going to have to let you go we've got a friend of yours coming up next who coached uh coached with you uh uh, Coached you and uh, Gordy down, Harry Neal. Um, oh, good. So, so we're going to be chatting with him. Uh, he's actually outside, and he's warned us. He's outside talking, and his his his, his dog might be barking. So <laughs> I understand you guys are good friends, and uh, yeah, we're good friends. We'll pass on your good uh, your good uh, words to Harry, and we also want to uh, catch up with you. Uh, has a date been sent for? As a date bet been set? for the unveiling of your statue down at the ACC? No,
8: I have not heard anything as of yet.
2: Well, certainly we'll keep an eye out for that, David. All uh, right. We certainly want to remind our listeners that uh, the uh, David Keon will be immortalized at Legends Row down at the Air Canada Centre. And as soon as I have that date, David, uh, Naz, and I will be circling it on our calendar because we certainly will not miss that. We... All
8: right. Thanks, guys.
2: See you in October. David, thanks. Okay. and Keep thanks, well, David. my friend. Keep well. Thanks so much. Uh, That, of course, was Toronto Maple Leaf legend uh, David Keon. And uh, talking about one legend, we're going to move to another legend now, Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry Neal. Harry, how are you this morning? Not too bad. How are you? Good. I understand we may hear a dog barking in the background.
9: Well, I see a good-looking girl walking her dog, so it could be the dog and me, Barney.
2: It's always a pleasure to have you on, Harry. Uh, l- listen, of course, uh, sad news out of uh, in the hockey world uh, this this week. Of course, was the passing of Gordy Howe, and uh, Gordy Howe. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Harry Neal, you've described him as your idol. Um, uh, Tell me a little bit more about how how uh, Gordy Howe became your uh, became your hero when you were younger.
9: Well, I was an NHL fan, of course, and and uh, Gordy Howe was on a great Detroit team, and I was born in Sarnia, Ontario, so that was the closest NHL team. And then when I moved to Toronto, I became a Leaf fan, but I never did forget my passion for watching uh, Gordy Howe play.
2: Uh, certainly, uh, the passing of Gordy Howe, and you had the opportunity to uh, to coach uh, Gordy very briefly with the Whalers. Uh, what was it like coaching uh, coaching uh, a hero? What was it like uh, coaching somebody you had that that incredible respect for?
9: Well, that was the year he turned fifty years old, and when I heard the announcement in the summer that he was going to be joining our Hartford Whaler team in the WHA, coming over from Houston. I thought, oh, my goodness, don't tell me I'm going to be the coach that has to tell him he can't do it anymore. (laughs) And, of course, that never happened at all. He led our team in scoring, and it was was a glorious uh, time for me. And I got to know him as a person as well as a hockey player. And uh, I think the thing that maybe separates him from everybody else, in my opinion, was his dynamic love for the game. It was unbelievable. uh, At 50 years old, he was the first guy on the ice at practice. And when I gave some of the team a day off because we were traveling, uh, he he wouldn't take it. And uh, so he was a, you know, you can argue who's the greatest player ever, and there's probably five or six guys that you're not wrong on. But if you equate greatness with uh, longevity of superior play, He's number
2: one by a mile we 're talking to Harry Neal Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry uh, you, know, you spent some time with the Whalers, and there was uh, another special gentleman that uh, that you coached down there in fact, we just uh, we just had him on the air just a couple of minutes before you, of course it was David Keon and I, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the relationship or how how Keon and how got along and how they how they worked together on your Whalers team must have been something something special for you to to be able to tap Gordie Howe on the shoulder and to be able to tap David Keon on the shoulder and and they jump over the boards tell us a little bit about that yeah. relationship for those couple of years
9: well they I think admired each other gordie Howe was a guy who really uh, loved the game and uh, took a shine to the players uh, who were threatening to Uh, become great. Keon may have been as good an all-around player as there was in the the game. I know when he played for Toronto, uh, he often played, most often played against the other team's best line because he was such a good defensive center. And when you look at his offensive stats uh, and know that, uh, you get an idea of what an all-around player he was. They had mutual respect for each other and it it was a joy as a coach to say, your line's up next, Keon, and how your line's up after that.
3: Harry, um, Colleen Howe and Gordy Howe and the kids. Everything I hear of greatness of a family well put together. Briefly describe both Colleen and Gordy to me, their relationship.
9: Well, Colleen was as tough as Gordy was. I remember one night uh, after a game uh, and Mark and Marty played for me. Marty was a defenseman. And uh, I guess in the third period, I didn't play Marty. We had five defensemen, so, you know, some guy got alternated out of the routine at times. And so he must have only played four or five minutes in the third period, but I didn't realize that. And I came out of the dressing room and and uh, the aisleway uh, that the dressing room opened on went to the wives' room and Colleen came along and she was always very nice to me and, she stopped and stared me in the eye and said, "Harry, I come to see my three boys play," <laughs> and then stomped off. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at the at the time chart, and yeah, he only played four minutes, and usually he plays eight or nine.
2: Of uh, a Period. Uh, we're talking to Harry Neal, Harry, uh, you're you're certainly one of the one of the great storytellers in in hockey, and uh, we will we'll see if we can draw upon a couple of Gordy House stories, but Gordy uh uh, I guess he warmed up to you as, 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 uh, as a coach, and uh, they asked him one time uh, where he would rank uh, Harry Neal as, as coach, and, he, and I think the story was that he considered you his second best coach ever. Um, and and tell, us, uh, tell us, finish that story for me, Harry.
9: Uh, Scott Hope, was a, uh, he was doing a game five years ago in Detroit, and Gordy was there. And so he interviewed him, and one of the questions was, uh, You coached Harry Neal? And Gordy says, Yep. He says, Well, where did he rank as one of your coaches? And Gordy said, He was the second best coach I ever had. <laughs> and Scott Oakes said, He was. And Gordy says, yeah, everybody else is tied
2: for first. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just want to drop on, uh, of course, we're here celebrating the life of Gordy Howe this morning. And uh, we've talked to David Keon. We've got Harry Neal now. We've got uh, Scotty Bowman coming up shortly. Um, one other story about uh, Harry that uh, – about Gordy, sorry, uh, Harry, that I've seen you uh, recount is uh, – that uh, Gordy had a long memory, didn't he? Uh, and if you did something to Gordy, um, eventually he'd uh, eventually he'd get even with you, but not necessarily at the same time uh, or the same game. Uh, tell us uh, your uh, your recollection of uh, Gordy Howe's long memory.
9: Well, uh, Bobby Bond, I played junior with Bobby Bond, and, and uh, he he went straight from the Toronto Malvers to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he tells me. In the first game he played in the old Olympia in Detroit, Gordy Howe cut across the ice, and of course Bond was a big-time body checker, and I guess he just got a Gordie wasn't looking for some reason, and he wasn't knocked out, but he was didn't where he was for a bit, and that was early in the nineteen, early in the season, game five or six. Well, they played against each other in game twenty or twenty-five, and almost the same thing occurred. Uh, how cut across the rink in the center zone. Bond came out to hit him. And Gordy saw him and just put a stick up. And speared Bond right in his throat. And Bobby says he was rolling around the ice wondering whether he'd ever breathe again. He looked up and Gordy was straddling him. And he, Gordy looked at him and said, now we're even, you S.O.B. <laughs> <laughs> and di- I've got two or three other stories where he did the waste. He didn't retaliate right away, but he filed it away and his mind, and if you fooled around with him, you were going to pay the price either right away or next year or two years from now.
3: Did he ever uh, protect his kids in a situation where uh, the kids were a little manhandled? Did he, was there any stories about uh, how getting back at them, too?
9: Oh, yeah. We were playing New Year's Day in Cincinnati, and uh, Marty was the right defenseman. The puck came around the boards of his side, and Rob Fitorik, playing for Cincinnati, tipped the puck past Marty and then tried to step past him. But when he brought a stick down after or put his tip, he brought a stick up and broke uh, Marty's cheekbone. And uh, Marty had to stay the night in the hospital. And Gordy asked me, could I, uh, could I stay in back with Marty tomorrow? And I said, sure. So that was new year's day. And then late March, it was the last game of the schedule for us. And we had since a playoff spot and Cincinnati was in Hartford, and on a Saturday night they played us, and on a Sunday they had to go to Quebec and play them. And they needed mm-hmm. to win both games to make the playoffs. And the, uh, the, uh, the only reason I thought it was an important game, and most of our players did this, if our goalie, goalies let in less than three goals, they would win the WH award for the best goals against average. And, uh, so with about a minute to go, we're winning, uh, 2-1. And if we allowed two goals, our, our, uh, goalie wouldn't win it. And Howe took a penalty with a minute to go, or two minutes to go. And, uh, we ended up winning the game and our goalies won. But I thought, you know, as a coach, I really should mention that to him. <laughs> so, as he came off the, across the ice, I waited on the bench. He was coming from the penalty box. And I said, uh, Gordy, you, know, you can't take a penalty like that. I mean, what if they scored on our goalie, didn't win uh, the trophy? And he said... I know I shouldn't have, but I couldn't let that tutorial get away with what he did on New Year's Day. <laughs> Jeez, that's
3: four months later. Wow,
2: we have got a couple of minutes left, Harry, and we'll, a couple of minutes left, we'll we'll let you go. Talking to Harry Neal, Hall of Fame broadcaster. Uh, of course, you coached Gordy, and uh, you know, at the time you coached him, he was already a hockey legend. Um, do you have any special rules for Gordy uh, in terms of uh, did was he was he expected to? Uh, was he expected to follow all the rules of the rest of the team, or was he given deservedly special privileges? How did that work out?
9: Well, uh, it, it, he he wanted to go by the rules, but in those days, uh, training camp was a, for a month long, and uh, so on August, early August, I sent a letter to all the players: do some running. To try and get my wo- hope was to try to get them in shape for camp. Because before pro- before our two-a-day practices, we're going to have a two-mile run. And then I just thought, well, that may motivate them into doing a little bit in the off-season, because in those days, with a month-long training camp, most guys came to camp to get in shape. And uh, there we are standing out in front of the rink, our practice rink in Hartford, and Gordy comes up to me and says, you know, Harry, the only thing I do in the off-season to get ready for the next season is to make sure my weight within one pound of what I finished the year before at. I said, well, you don't have to run. And he says, what do you mean I don't have to run? I'm on the team. i got to do what everybody else has to do. But I didn't do any running, so I'm a little worried. I said, just leave it to me. (laughs) So there I am in front of the team, ready to go for the two-mile run, and I said, all right, boys, before we go, I have one thing to say. Gordie Howe does not have to take part in this run. And I'm going to make a deal with you, Yo-Yos. If you play for me the year you turn 50, you won't have to run either.
2: <laughs> That's a great story. Lord, you
9: thank me for two months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. We'll end it off on that. That's a wonderful uh, wonderful Gordy House story. Listen, Harry, I very much appreciate you, uh, as we always do, you taking the time for us on a Sunday morning uh, much appreciated. Give my best to your, to your wife, Peggy, who was very pleasant to me on the phone when I was trying to arrange this interview. I know she has some very fond memories of Gordy and Colleen, and she's quite emotional about them. So please give her our best. And once again, Harry, we thank you so much for taking the time for us and sharing your memories of certainly uh, a hockey icon and, one, and an incredible gentleman, Gordy Howe. Thanks so much, Harry.
9: Well... I'll tell you one thing: you, me, and my dog have walked twice as far as we usually do because of this. Okay, That's thanks, great. Harry.
2: We appreciate <laughs> okay. it. Thanks. thanks so much. All Keep right. well. Thank you. That's uh, that. Of course, was uh, Harry Neal with uh, with some really great stories. Harry's uh, Harry's never short on stories, and certainly some some great ones this morning about Gordy Howe. Yeah, uh, he 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 saw it all. Harry <laughs> Neal saw it all. I
3: guess as a coach, it's a little different. You're in a different uh,
2: one of hockey's. If he's not hockey's great one of if he's not hockey's Greatest storyteller is he's certainly he's pretty, pretty, he's pretty, pretty, pretty close to the top. Anyways, we've got to go to break because we've got another legend, another Hockey Hall of Famer, in my opinion, the greatest hockey coach of all time and probably the greatest coach of any sports team of all time. We'll be right back with Scotty Bowman. That's for sure.
4: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the really big pizza deal. It's even bigger than Toronto basketball star Jonas Valanciunas. He wears size 17 shoes, but the really big pizza is 18 inches, topped with pepperoni. Plus, you get 16 wings. And you get the really big pizza deal for just £29.99. Try getting Jonas for that. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 from your cell phone.
0: Call 905 266 3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked
6: with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodBridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying,
5: entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabond Carly, the intelligent choice.
7: The security business is easy, right?
5: Anyone can learn it.
7: Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn.
5: The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests.
1: You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And we are this morning paying tribute to Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe, of course, a legend, an incredibly fine gentleman. We've had the privilege of talking to a former teammate uh, and opponent, David Keon, this morning, we've also had the privilege of talking to a former coach of his, Harry Neal, and now we have the distinct privilege of talking and celebrating the life of Gordie Howe with, uh, in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time, Scotty Bowman. Good morning, Scotty, and welcome back to the Naz Wally Sports Hour. Uh, nice to be on. Thanks so much for joining us. And, of course, uh, sad news out of the hockey world this week, but it's also an opportunity to celebrate, uh, also celebrate the life of Gordie Howe, a life incredibly well-lived, uh, an incredible gentleman, an incredible hockey player, an incredible family, um, an incredible role model. Uh, Scotty, you've, uh, you've always said you thought Gordie was, if not the greatest player of all time, certainly in the discussion certainly in the top three. Um, you've been around hockey a long time. You're an astute hockey observer. What made Gordie Howe such an incredible, incredibly special hockey player?
10: Well, I had the privilege, uh, I consider it a real good privilege, of being a youngster growing up in Montreal. When um, I mean, Gordie's prime lasted a long time, but if you check the record book, what he did uh, in the beginning of his career, I think he had an injury when he was about 20, uh, around 1948, he had started the year before and, uh, and then from like 50 to 55, when I was, uh, starting to play junior hockey, I would go to all the games, especially when Detroit came into Montreal because, you know, everyone realizes, uh, the power of, of those two teams in that era and Detroit finished, uh, first place seven times, uh, Gordy won the scoring title th- four years in a row. And if you look at his record in the, in the early 50s, uh, that's when I got to see him play in, in his prime. Uh, first, first, he always played with Ted Lindsay as a left winger uh, that I could recall for probably up to nearly 10 years before the Wings happened to, to get in dispute with Ted. And they, they were so, so such a dynamic duo. They had different centermen. Um, Sid Abel started with them. He was a veteran. And then they, then they had a fellow by them, a Dutch rival, who really fit in well. And then, of course, Alex Delvecchio, when he started to play with them. So they were always a, t- a terrific line. But I think the most underrated part part of Gordie Howe. Uh, everybody knows uh, the scoring titles. Uh, he won six of them. He won the Hart Trophy. And they, they kind of look at him as a goal scorer, which he scored over 800 goals in the NHL and another couple of hundred, I think, in the, in the World Hockey. But... I what I recall about him when he played the Canadians were the second best team in in the, in the early 50s and then of course they they took over in, in 55 56 winning the five cups but people also and Doug Harvey to me I had Doug with, with, at 44 playing with uh, with the Blues he, he was ideally the the best defenseman of his era no 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 question about it with all the Norris trophies he won and Gordy played right wing and Doug played left defense. So every time Gordy was on the ice, uh, Doug would be on the ice with him. And, uh, and I often talked to Doug about Gordy. In fact, they played against each other when I had Doug with the Blues. And he said, you know, I, I, I really concentrated, uh, tried to concentrate on Gordy most of the time and needed a lot of help. But he said the plays he made to his centerman and his uh, and his winger, and I was looking it up this morning before I, before I talked with you, and you know, um, he got he got a lot more assists than he got goals. He got over a thousand assists in the NHL. He got eight hundred, I think, got eight hundred one goals. But he he would make plays, and uh, that's what I, I when 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 he had to go against Doug Harvey, it was tough to to score goals for anybody against Doug Harvey. But he still made the plays, and uh, people in that era would tell you how good a, an all round player. That's what I, I I look at Gordy, and I I look at him as a as a scorer, a passer, a tough guy. Everything.
3: Scotty, you were instrumental in bringing Gordy Howe to the All Star game in Joe Louis Arena. I remember it uh, an eight to ten minute standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard anything like it?
10: No, no. Uh, G- uh, Gordy was finishing up his career with Hartford Whalers uh, when the league uh, and the world hockey got together. He, he played one more season. He scored 15 goals. He got 40, 41 points with the Whalers. And uh, in fact, I think they even made the playoffs that year. They didn't last very long, but yeah, Gordy was the representative. We we had we had to have a representative from each team, and I got a little bit of criticism, not a lot. I remember it like it was yesterday because uh, there was a couple of players on Hartford that had career years. I'm not even sure who they were. Um, and I'm not sure if Blaine Stoughton was one of them, but the guys that had scored maybe thirty, forty goals by the time the All Star game was on. Uh, we decided, and I had a, uh, like some con- consultation with other coaches. It would be natural bring Gordy back to Detroit because he'd left Detroit, as everyone knows, in a big dispute in 1972. He retired as a player. And uh, the Wings promised him a job, but it was—he always said it was a—it was a, a job like a mushroom. You were just put in a closet. <laughs> yeah. So when whoever got the idea, I think it was Bill Danine got the idea. Why don't I try and get Gordy to come down to Houston and play in the World Hockey with his two sons? So he he left in '72, and it was pretty pretty stormy eight years. Gordy would never go back to Detroit. And he would never talk about the Wings. And then to bring him back for that game, and the fans, of course, reacted, like you said, uh, the, the the ovation prior to the introduction, or just when the introductions were done. And then also, in the third period, uh, I'm not sure if the score was tied, but he's, he set up um, the winning goal uh, halfway through the third period. And then another long ovation when they announced the scoring. Uh, Rail Cloutier was a guy that got the goal, and Gordie Howe got the assist, but... Uh, yeah, there's so many memories of Gordy um, playing playing in five decades. Uh, it, it was hard to believe. Like you know, he started in the '40s and he ended up in in '79 '80 season. And that, I don't think that anybody they look at all the records that are broke that, that are broken eventually, maybe uh, Wayne Gretzky has many. I think that won't be broken. Gordy has the one twenty consecutive seasons uh, top five scoring. When you think about injuries and you think about games missed and put everything together. When you play five straight seasons and you're in the top, or 20 straight seasons and you're in the top five, that's a, that's a, a record that's a, a, you can't even believe it, you know?
3: That's incredible. The relationship between Gordie Howe and John Beliveau was a good one. You mm-hmm. described it in an article one time. Can you explain their relationship?
10: Yeah, Gordie played a... a, a, a in, in those days, it was strange because uh, I, I started my career in Ottawa with the juniors, and we During the middle of the season, um, the late Sam Pollock had some connections, and he would bring in, I remember Detroit came in a couple of times, uh, Chicago came in, uh, the Rangers. Uh, we played games during, if they came in to play games in Montreal, uh, the the other uh, teams, they would sometimes have two or three days off. And uh, Gordy played a game in Quebec City uh, when Jean was playing with the uh, Quebec Aces. Just before he finished, this would probably be about 1951 or 52. And wow, he saw what Belleville was like at that time. I remember talking to him. He said, "I I couldn't believe how a player wasn't in the NHL that was so good." And I think that they were friendly rivals uh, because Gordy Gordy was with Detroit, and Jomp started in 1953 with the Canadians, and and so you know they they were against each other. But uh, you know, in in those years, what people didn't, didn't maybe remember, uh, Gordy, you know the best scorers on each team didn't play against each other. Every team had a checking line. And like even on the Detroit-Montreal rivalry, Howe very seldom played uh, on the same sh- uh, time on the ice as Maurice Richard because uh, Canadians had a checking line of Mosdell, uh, McKay, and Curry, and the uh, Wings had a line of Scove, Leswick, and Pavlich. And that, so Skove's line would play against the punch line of Canadians and probably against Belleville later on. And then uh, um, the, uh, the Montreal line would play against the production line with Lindsay and Howe. So uh, they, but Beliveau, he just—they um, were both represented. Um, uh, not they didn't have agents in those. The first agent I think was around '67. But uh, Beliveau and and, uh, and Howe were, were such iconic figures. Uh, they they had a fellow by the name of Jerry Patterson, who represented athletes in other in all sports and got them endorsements. And they became real spokesmen for the Eaton uh, Company, you know, Eatons of Canada. And uh, remember, they used to wear the Eatons jacket. And, and during the summer, there they wasn't much fraternization. But uh, Bellevue and Howe were, were always doing some endorsements for Eatons. And they had such a respect for each other. And later on, after they retired, of course, would uh, uh, when they had big nights in Montreal, Howe would be invited and vice versa. Uh, How would invite Belleville. So they were they were as close as rivals could ever be as friends.
2: We're talking to Scotty Bowman. Scotty, we've only got a few minutes left, and I know you've got to get on with your day. Uh, you got the opportunity to coach Mark Howe in Detroit, which I, mm-hmm. I take it would have taken you into uh, uh, having to, uh, you know, Gordy would have been around and Colleen would have been around and uh, – and uh, describe. I mean, uh, Gordy's always known as the consummate gentleman and, and uh, humble. And but what was what was what was Gordy Howe like as a hockey dad, and how was uh, Colleen as a hockey mom?
10: Well, Gordy, we saw a lot of Gordy in the playoffs when we when we because I went there in '93, Mark went there in '92, and uh, you know, up for the next three or four years when Mark played. Gordy would always come into the playoffs. And, you know, he'd morning skate. He'd come down to the rink, uh, down to the Joe Lewis Arena. And uh, what I always remarked about him, you know, he never gravitated to the stars of the team. You know, they were, they were, uh, everybody was around them. But I remember he, he would spend a lot of time with uh, Chris Draper, Darren McCarty. Um, Kirk Maltby, they were terrific role players on our team. They meant so much to our team, and he would always uh, go up to them, and, it, you know, it it must have been such an impression on those players because, you know, they would get attention from a guy like Gordie Howe. Uh, the media would be around other people, of course, but uh, they always remembered that. I remember talking to Chris Draper about that, and even though Mark Howe was a teammate of his, uh, they always look forward to uh, Gordy, and then Ted Lindsay used to come and work out at, with uh, with uh, the players uh, post practice, and so it, w- it, it meant a lot to a franchise to have two iconic players of those of their stature uh, always around in the most important times. And uh, one one time, Gordy uh, Sergey Fedorov had an injury, and it was doubtful if he was going to play. And Gordy offered his services. He said, we were talking, I was talking to Gordy a lot about different things. I said, you know, sergey has got this, you know, shoulder that's really sore. And he said, I'm going to go and talk to him. So then he, he came up and he said, you know, I, I talked to Sergey and he's going to come down and skate later on today, just myself and him. And he said, I, I, what I asked him was, you know, if it's not serious enough, but it's it's sore He's got to sort of suck it up and play because you never know when you're going to get back to this situation again. So he, he, had, he was a quiet guy, but he was, you were, everybody was comfortable about being with Gordy. And that's what I think made him what he, I mean didn't make him a hockey player he is, but made him the person he was. And Colleen was really instrumental in his business career post-hockey.
2: Anyways, we've been talking to Scotty Bowman uh, about uh, celebrating the life of and a tribute to Gordie Howe. Scotty, uh, we can't thank you enough. It's always a distinct oh, yeah. pleasure and privilege for us to have you uh, have you come on our show, and especially this morning, to share your wonderful stories of, uh, unabashedly, we'll call Gordie Howe a great man. He certainly was a great man and uh, will certainly be missed and is one of those ones that you call irreplaceable, if such a thing exists. Scotty, thanks so much. It really is a pre- pleasure and privilege for us.
10: Well, I was honored to speak about Gordy, and thank you for giving me the opportunity.
2: Thank you so much, thanks, and enjoy Scott. the rest of your day, Scotty. Thank you. Thanks. That, of course, was uh, legendary Scotty Bowman. Wow, and the Eaton
3: story. I remember that. I remember,
2: I remember. I have a picture of Gordy Howe. Uh, remember, he was doing an Eaton, so I, I have a 1970 program from the NHL uh, and I got Gordy to sign it way after. Uh, and Gordy used to wear, used to be a fisherman and used to wear those, uh, used to wear yeah, those overalls. Yeah. And it was in the Eaton's catalog. That's exactly right. What memories. Incredible. Anyways, Naz, we've only got a couple of minutes left. And I uh, just want to wrap up a little bit about, uh, you know, we talked to three legends this morning. We talked to David three Keon. Three Zoomers, too. Three Zoomers, yeah. We talked to David Keon. We talked to Harry Neal. Uh, and we talked to Scotty Bowman, three legends in their own right. And, um, wow, uh, Gordie Howe, uh, what, uh, it's certainly going to be, uh, probably going to be emotional uh, Tuesday, at yeah. uh, the ceremony on Tuesday. Uh, if there are other, you know, we talked about Jean Beliveau. Jean Beliveau, you know, uh, certainly beloved beyond belief. And, you know, Gordie Howe didn't play his hockey in Canada. Uh, but for people of our generation, uh, for people of the generation before us, I can't think of anybody more beloved than than Gordy Howe. Uh, and, in the but,
3: nation, that's for sure. In Canada. yeah,
2: and the rest yeah. of Canada, what what a, certainly a beloved figure in every sense of the word. And it's all about you know, and this is this is the story for young people, for young athletes. You know, these are the type of people you need to model yourself after. Gordie Howe, the greatest hockey player in the history, uh, in, in, in a lot of people's mind, and certainly in the conversation, for top three, always stayed humble. Always stayed humbled. Always made time for the fans. Always made time for people. Never missed an autograph. Always, never missed an autograph. Never missed an autograph. Always made time for his family. Um, did it all the right way. Gordy. Howe, you came out of Saskatchewan. On behalf of the Nazanwali Sports Hour, rest in peace. We'll be back again next
0: Sunday morning at 9 a.m. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.